No matter how it gets abused, the body can restore balance. The first rule is to stop interfering with nature. Hello and welcome to episode 374 of Under the Cull of MS. Let's see. Yesterday we were talking about things to help you basically live a better life cognitively, health-wise. Some things you could do like drumming, playing music, listening to music, writing poems, stuff like that. Nurturing yourself is not selfish. It's essential to your survival and your well-being. So that's why these things are all good for you to help your body heal in times of pain, stress, keep your mind in a happy place. Uh, We have haiku you can do those the seventh century introduced haikus into literature at first they only focused on the seasons and nature but eventually broadened to all variety of expression of life while maintaining this 575 pattern in japan haiku was the shortest form of poetry so if you want not into writing big time poetry. Try doing a haiku. It's five seven five. It was written to capture the feeling of the writer in a brief moment of time and to invite the reader into that feeling as well. It's just five syllables. It's a according to Japanese Japanese haiku writing, just uh You just use five syllables, then seven syllables, then five syllables. It sounds simple, but it can be challenging. So try and write some haikus first, and then work your way up to the bigger picture. Some bigger poems and stuff like that. And songs or stories or whatever. Or just listen to music and Or play some music or just grab a stick and just beat it against whatever you have around you. Give you some different sounds and noises. It's like when I was a kid, I had a set of drumsticks. And I'd just carry them around with me once in a while and just, just play away. Just find an old metal can or something like that. Just play on it. Let's see, some MS neurofilament light chain biomarkers. Something something different that they're checking for to learn more about multiple sclerosis. Neurofilament chains are neuronal specific proteins that are major structural components of the axons. As damage to the myelinated axon occurs, the neurofilament chains are released into the cerebrospinal fluid and blood serum or plasma. It's my one of my nephews was 
asking me about giving plasma. I'm like, yeah, you can get paid for it. And there's companies that pay good money to have you do plasma. And then he looked into it. He's got an appointment this week, I think it is. I'm curious how it goes because he's bipolar, so he's on a bipolar medication. So I don't know if that'll affect his plasma or not. But the way it sounds, if you go for a few appointments or whatever, you can make like 900 bucks. But I don't think having MS that I'll be allowed to because I know sometimes with giving blood and stuff like that they're against it because of the medications we're on so there are three different classifications of neurofilament chains light medium and heavy chain research is continually being conducted on the effect of heavy neurofilament chains and in the future these neurofilament heavy chains could give more insight into the progression of the disease. Medium chains have no clinical role in MS treatment at this time, but with further research, there may be benefit in analyzing this neurofilament type. Light chains were discovered to be a biomarker of current and future disease activity because it is the most abundant of the three neurofilaments found. These chains can detect spinal cord pathology that may not show up on a magnetic resonance imaging of the brain, an MRI. Show a correlation with the development of gadolinium-enhanced lesions and indicate if disease-modifying therapy is effective. So that's something that's out there. It might help us in the future. See what happens with it. See, the methods most commonly used for measuring neurofilament light chains are the high-sensitivity enzyme-linked immunoassay, which is ELISA, E-L-I-S-A, and the single-molecule array SIMOA. ELISA is appropriate for measuring with samples taken from the serial cerebrospinal fluid, while Samoa is used for samples from serum or plasma in the blood. The Samoa has more analytical sensitivity compared with ELISA, even though neurofilament light chains are 10 times more concentrated in cerebrospinal fluid than serum. Because of the need for a lumbar puncture to obtain cerebrospinal fluid, patients requiring routine neurofilament light chain monitoring would use serum levels. That sounds like it would be like you'd be going through multiple lumbar punctures, which I don't know if I want to do that. That's not my cup of tea. Let's see. Patients with neurologic neurologic conditions such as dementia, traumatic brain injury, stroke, Parkinson's disease, or amyotrophic lateral sclerosis have evidence of increased light chain neurofilament levels, while neurological disorders such as epilepsy, Dillian-Barr syndrome, meningitis, or hypoxic brain injury could have relevance to the neurofilament life light levels, but the associations are not currently established. 
So yeah, it's, and we're finding out. Well, that's Jillian Bar syndrome here. But we're finding that researchers are finding some more stuff for the Epstein Bar syndrome that they think might have a link with multiple sclerosis. Even though neurofilament light chain monitoring may not be seen in clinics and doctors' practices currently, this level of research and data collection could be where MS treatments are going. In the future, considerations of neurofilament light chains could inform treatment decisions at the individual level, creating a more tailored approach to earlier, more aggressive treatment options and improving the patient's quality of life. So that's a good thing. Anything that improve our quality of life, giving us a better opportunity to live with this freaking disease, an easier way to deal with it. Let's see, they have a recipe here for some easy lentil vegetable soup. I was going to, I got to do something with some of these lentils. Like, I don't want to do that damn lentil meatloaf. I should do it one of these damn days this week and just get it over with. But I got a lot going on yet, maybe next week. I already got this week's menu pretty much planned and laid out. Let's see, two tablespoons, two tablespoons olive oil, three carrots, three stalks celery with, with the leaves, one medium onion, four garlic cloves, one teaspoon of thyme, one teaspoon of marjoram, two cups brown or green dry lentils, eight cups vegetable broth, two bay leaves, two tablespoons tomato paste. Add olive oil to a pot but do not heat it yet. Rinse and cut the ends off the carrots. Break or slice in half and place in a food processor. Pulse until you have lentil-sized pieces of carrot. Add it to the pot. Cut the ends off the celery, but do not separate leaves. Break the stalks in half and place stalks and leaves in the food processor. Peel an onion, slice it in quarters, and add it to the food processor. Peel the garlic cloves and add those to the food processor. Pulse that little mixture into small pieces and then add that to the pot. Turn the heat under the pot to medium and cook the vegetables for 5 to 8 minutes until they begin to soften. Add thyme and marjoram. Cook one minute. Add remaining ingredients to the pot. Bring to a boil over medium heat. Reduce heat to simmer. Simmer for 30 to 45 minutes until lentils are soft. And stirring occasionally. And then make sure you remove the bay leaves before you serve it. Uh, say the celery, celery. If you don't have thyme, marjoram, or and marjoram on hand, use two teaspoons of Italian seasoning blend. If your broth steams away, add up to two cups of water to keep it brothy. Uh, yeah, there's no need to rinse your food processor between the vegetables that you're blending. It's all going in the same pot anyways and 
but since the carrots are denser, that's why you'll get an uneven uneven result if you try to pulse them with the other softer vegetables. That's why they're making you do that separate. So there, there's something, something else for you to try if you want. Let's look and see what we got here. To talk about. Uh, we got potatoes. <laughs> we keep getting told by the world that potatoes are good for us and then they're bad for us and then they're good for us again and then they're bad for us again and nutrition wise calories 87 i mean these are for a two-third cup of boiled potatoes cooked with the skin on but without salt is about 87 calories so that's not bad. 77% of it is water, 1.9 grams of protein, 20.1 grams carbs, 0.9 grams sugar, 1.8 grams fiber, 0.1 grams fat. Uh, carbs are the main dietary component of potatoes. Cooling potatoes after boiling may increase the result or increase the amount of resistant starch, which could improve gut health. Potatoes also contain small amounts of high-quality protein. It's like, yeah, cool them to eat them anyways. Let's see, potatoes are a good source of several vitamins and minerals, including potassium, folate, and vitamin C and B6. I didn't see some of those things in there when they were giving us the numbers. Potatoes harbor healthy antioxidants that are responsible for many of their health benefits and mostly concentrated in the skin. That's why you want to leave the skin on. You want that dirt. That dirt be good for you. Potatoes are relatively filling. For this reason, they may be used as a part of a weight management plan. If you know uh, Penn and Teller at all, Penn sat there and did a potato diet where I think it was like 30 days or whatever. That's all he ate was potatoes. And then he changed his whole lifestyle on how he ate, it, ate and what he ate after that. But he started by doing the potato diet first, so. Potatoes may contain a number of unhealthy components, particularly when fried. Limit your consumption of french fries and chips and remove potato sprouts when preparing potatoes. Well, yeah, I don't want to eat no potato sprouts. Uh, boiling potatoes. Well, how you prepare your potatoes affects their nutrients, composition. Baking, roasting, or microwaving potatoes with their skin on retains most of the nutrients. Oiled potatoes contain fewer water-soluble nutrients. Frying increases the formation of potentially harmful chemicals. 
Just stay away from that fryer. Potatoes are a popular high-carb food that provides several healthy vitamins, minerals, and plant compounds. What's more, they may aid weight management and help prevent heart disease. However, this does not apply to fried potatoes such as french fries and chips that have been soaked in oil and cooked under high heat. For optimal health, it's best to limit or avoid these products altogether. Did you know that potatoes are remarkably shelf-stable? How long they last on your shelf depends on factors like whether they've been cooked and how they've been stored. So you can do research and learn your shelf-stable limits if you need to look into something like that. To learn more about your potatoes if you don't eat them up right away. See, multiple sclerosis spine lesions. Multiple sclerosis is an immune-mediated disease that causes the body to attack the central nervous system. The central nervous system includes the brain, the spinal cord, and the optic nerves. A misdirected inflammatory response progressively strips nerve cells of a protective coating called myelin. Myelin coats the nerve fibers from the brain along the spinal cord and to the rest of the body. In addition to protecting the nerve cells, the myelin coating facilitates nerve transmission signals or impulses. The result decreases in myelin leads to decrease in myelin leads to the symptoms of MS. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's see. They got spinal legion. Well, demyelination or the progressive stripping of the myelin sheath in the central nervous system is a staple of MS since myelin coats the nerve fibers that travel through both the brain and the spinal cord. Demyelination creates lesions in both areas. And this means that if someone with MS has brain lesions, they are also likely to have spinal lesions as well. Spinal lesion lesions are common in MS. They're found in about, well, they say 80% of people newly diagnosed with MS, but I hate using those numbers because they aren't testing 100% of people. So. But that sounds about right. I mean... Many of us, the majority of us have Lahermes syndrome and stuff where you bend your neck and get the spinal electrocution and stuff like that. So it's, that's caused by a lesion right in that area. Uh, sometimes the number of spinal lesions identified from an MRI can Provide the doctor with an idea of the severity of MS and the likelihood of more serious episodes of demyelination occurring in the future. However, the exact science behind the number of lesions and their location is still not entirely understood. It is not known why some people with MS may have more lesions in their brain than their spinal cord or vice versa. However, it should be noted that spinal lesions do not necessarily indicate a diagnosis of MS and can sometimes lead to a misdiagnosis of MS. So that's interesting. 
wonder if that's related to things like uh, Lyme disease and stuff like that can mimic things. When While spinal and brain lesions can suggest MS, the appearance of spinal lesions can also indicate another disease called neuromyelitis optica. NMO has many overlapping symptoms with MS. Both NMO and MS are characterized by lesions and inflammation in the central nervous system. However, NMO occurs primarily on the spinal cord and the size of the lesions differ. If spinal lesions are detected, it is important to get the correct diagnosis because the treatments for MS and NMO are very different. Incorrect treatments can even have negative effects. Interesting. So, yeah. I just learned something a little bit new to me. (laughs) So, that's interesting. Let's see. I think we could get these out before the end of this segment. Uh, I think we talked about these before. These are some Achilles tendon stretches and strength exercises, which I need to be doing more right now because my feet are killing me. But you got like the runner's stretch where you place your hands on a wall or a chair. And if you're using a wall, you put your hands at eye level. Step the leg you want to stretch behind you. Keep your back heel on the floor and point your toes straight ahead. Bend your other knee towards the wall, keeping your back leg straight. Lean towards the wall until you feel a gentle stretch in your calf. And don't lean so far that you feel pain, of course. You do not want to feel pain whenever you're exercising. If you do, you're doing something wrong. Or you're just going to hurt yourself and then you're going to be laid up and you're it's going to be a waste of time that, with the exercising that you did do before you got laid up. So hold it for 30 seconds and complete three reps. But yeah, if you if it hurts to straighten your leg, try a runner stretch with a bent knee until your knee gets loosened up enough that you can handle doing it straight-legged. Uh, the toe-to-wall stretch. Stand facing the wall and place your toes up against the wall. The higher you place your toes, the deeper the stretch. Lean forward, keeping your heel on the floor. Your other leg is behind you. Toes forward and heel on the ground. Hold for 30 seconds and complete three reps. These are all great if you have like uh, plantar's fasciitis or any severe pains in your heel, in your sides of your feet, stuff like that. Could be a sign of plantar fasciitis starting. And these are great ways to stretch that little muscle in between. You got the heel drop. Do this stretch with the leg that has an Achilles tendon issue. Hold on to the railings of the staircase or ladder. Put the ball of your foot on the edge of the bottom step. Let your heel drop down, allowing your other foot to relax, and then hold it for 30 seconds and complete three reps 
while doing that also. If you have trouble balancing, do this under supervision of a healthcare professional. And a lot of these are things you may learn or do at uh, your physical therapist office. So to get the most out of each stretch, keep these tips and tricks in mind. Take your time, move slowly, whether you're deeping, deepening into a stretch or changing positions, this will limit the risk of injury and discomfort and you're stretching stuff. And when you stretch stuff, you should be taking your time and moving slowly. That way you can feel the burn. And if you feel pain, then you stop or back off and just keep watching so you don't hurt yourself. Avoid bouncing. Quick sudden movements will only worsen the Achilles tendon issue. So stay relaxed during each stretch. Keep your heel down during a calf stretch. Plant your heel on the ground. If you lift your heel, the Achilles tendon won't stretch properly. Stop if you feel pain. Stretch until you feel minor discomfort. Then relax. Don't strain or force your muscles. If you feel sharp pain, stop stretching immediately. Uh, yeah. So try those out if you need to stretch that those muscles. Get rid of those extra pains that you're dealing with and discomforts. Uh, Let's see, if you need to enhance your mood, lift your mood up a little bit, some foods that could help with that would be fatty fishes, like salmon, that are rich in omega-3 fatty acids, which may lower your risk of depression. Dark chocolate is, a, is rich in compounds that may increase feel-good chemicals in your brain. Let's see, since up to 90% of your body's serotonin is produced in your gut, a healthy gut may correspond to a good mood. Fermented foods like kimchi, yogurt, kefir, kombucha, and sauerkraut are rich in probiotics that support gut health. A happy gut, a good gut, healthy gut is a happy gut. Bananas are a great source of natural sugar. Vitamin B6 and prebiotic fiber, which work together to keep your blood sugar levels and mood stable. Oats provide fiber that can stabilize your blood sugar levels and boost your mood. They're also high in iron, which may improve mood symptoms in those with iron deficiency and anemia. Berries are rich in disease-fighting anthocyanin anthocyanins, which may lower your risk of depression. Certain nuts and seeds are high in tryptophan, zinc, and selenium, which may support brain function and lower your risk of depression. Coffee provides numerous compounds, including caffeine and chlorogenic acid that may boost your mood. Research suggests that Decaf coffee may even have a, an effect. Beans and lentils are a rich source of mood-boosting nutrients, particularly B vitamins. 
And if you make the healthy oats that I like making with the good, I I use the oh Christ, I can't think of it as a gold. I uh, just get healthy oats, the good oats. I like to get the thicker ones, one to one, a cup of oats to a cup of almond milk or whatever you like to use for your liquid. I make a big batch up. I add some cinnamon, some mushroom powder. Uh, I'll put flax seed, chia seed, anything like that in there. Uh, sometimes some honey or maple syrup, pure maple syrup for some sweetening. And then you could add a lot of these things to it. Bananas, berries, I mean, there's a variety of things. So you can get a few of these things all in one. By doing my little oats, healthy oats, and you can eat them cold. Make a big batch, or you can toss it in the microwave if you want to warm it up for a few seconds. But, yeah, we're out of time, so we'll get right back with the second segment right after this. Okay, let's get back to some more health stuff. Let's talk CogPog. If you lived with multiple sclerosis, you probably lost you've probably lost several minutes, if not hours, searching your house for misplaced items only to find your keys or wallet somewhere random like the kitchen pantry or a medicine cabinet. You're not alone. Cog fog or MS related brain fog affects many people living with MS. In fact, it's an estimated that more than half of people living with MS will develop cognitive issues like difficulty understanding conversations, thinking critically, or recalling memories. <clears throat> ah, my stupid throat today. I don't know what's up. You would think I was sitting out smoking cigars all last night or something. I didn't. <laughs> Go for a cigar. It's been a really, really long time. For a bonfire, a cigar. Uh, my new favorite, 360 vodka. Huckleberry flavor. <laughs> my little huckleberry. MSMMMSers call this symptom cog fog. Short for cognitive fog. It's also referred to as brain fog changes in cognition or cognitive impairment or the oopsies or brain dead I call it all kinds of things losing your train of thought mid-sentence forgetting why you entered a room or struggling to remember a friend's name are all possibilities when cog fog strikes so you can't when you listen to me, there's a lot of times I have something in my head I want to talk about. And I start talking about stuff, bringing up to it, and I never get to that point, which really sucks. And it happens a lot on my podcast. There's a ton of things I've talked about, and then when I re-listened, I'm like, oh, man, that's not, I wanted to say this, and I didn't get this out. So people listen to what I say, and they take 90% of the shit I say completely wrong. And there is not much I can really do about it, but, yeah. 
Just got to live with it. Hopefully I can get everything across eventually. Uh, let's see. The sudden memory loss, disorientation, and mental sluggishness that can strike at any minute is not so fun. Uh, MS is a disease of the central nervous system that affects the brain and spinal cord. We know this. It also causes areas of inflammation and lesions on the brain. Uh, as a result, people with MS can have cognitive issues that typically involve slowness of processing, trouble multitasking, and distractibility. Some of the more common areas of life that are affected by cognitive changes include memory, attention, and concentration, verbal fluency, and information pro processing. No one MS lesion can cause this, but cog fog seems more associated with an increased overall number of MS lesions in the brain. On top of that, fatigue is also prevalent in people with MS, which can cause forgetfulness, lack of interest, and little energy. There are immediate and long-term strategies for decreasing cog fog or even just making it a bit more manageable. Doctors and patients both feel frustration at the lack of treatment options available for cognitive issues that accompany MS. Uh, however, in the absence of treatments, lifestyle factors can make a difference. Modifiable factors that are in our control can help change the way a person with MS lives. Uh, changing your diet, notably the addition, the addition of healthy fats can help with cog fog. Hepatica, hepatitia, hepatica, H-E-P-A-T-I-C-A, -E has found that eating healthy fats, now this might be a person's name, <laughs> Uh, like avocado, coconut oil, and grass-fed butter help her cog fog. Yep. Sorry, hepatica, or hepatica, or hepatitia. Hepatitia sounds probably the nicest, the smoothest. Hopefully I'm not totally destroying your name. Uh, healthy fats or foods rich in omega-3s are known for their role in brain health. In addition to avocados and coconut oil, include some of these to your diet. Things like seafood, like salmon, mackerel, sardines, and cod. Extra virgin olive oil, walnuts, chia seeds, and flax seeds. <clears throat> if you want to learn something great about extra virgin olive oil, Tom Papa, uh... Well-known comedian, very fun, enjoyable person. He has a podcast called Breaking Bread with Tom Papa. <laughs> it's a little song that he has for the beginning thing. Sorry, it just sticks in my head whenever I say the name. But uh, he just recently had an episode with a professional olive oil consultant or whatever you want to call it. And I learned so much. 
I learned so much about olive oil. I will not look at it the same way ever again. I'm not going to tell you what I learned. It's best for you to go and listen to that episode if you want to learn more about olive oil. But you will completely change the way you use olive oil for dipping and for cooking. It's made a huge difference for me. So I'm looking forward to trying a few new experimental things out. I got myself a couple different types of olive oil to play with. Uh, but yeah, it was a really, really interesting. I mean, Tom Papa got into making sourdough bread. And all of a sudden, he got addicted to it. Next thing we know, he's got Food Network shows and stuff like that. I don't know if it's Food Network, but I wanted a food food-related TV uh, channels. He's got some stuff he's done on there. He's got, I believe, YouTube stuff that he's got out with making it. And he got me hooked on the whole... I, I was hooked on sourdough before then, but I want to I wanna get a good sourdough starter. I come from a family where my mother comes from a family of 14 kids, I believe it is. I can never remember anymore. It's 14, 15, 16, 25, who knows? A lot of freaking kids. <laughs> and they grew up on a farm. And I know my gra- my grandmother, I know she had a good sourdough starter that she had for many, many years. And I just don't know whatever happened to it. I The sisters I have talked to, my aunts, don't have it they don't make anything like it it's like come on out of all you girls not a single one of you learned how to cook from ma from your mom and i know she had to have a good sourdough starter somewhere and i want that damn thing <laughs> the older the sourdough starter the better i mean it's got natural naturalized enzymes that are made that are used to working together and just i don't know you can make a fresh one and start your own, but I just, I'd like to have an old school sourdough starter. But yeah, it's a living organism. You got to feed it flour every day. Let those little buggers eat. If you don't, they'll kill your starter. Yeah, make sure there's always something for them to feast on. But exercise has been studied for years as a way to help people with MS deal with the Daily struggles of cog fog and other issues. Uh, intellectual enrichment includes those things you do do to keep your brain challenged. Uh, crossword puzzles, Sudoku, jigsaw puzzles, video games, uh, writing, reading. The three R's, writing, reading, arithmetic. <laughs> Old school. Arithmetic was spelt with an R and writing was spelt with an R back in the day. They used to call it three R's. Writing, reading, and arithmetic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anything to keep those brain-boosting benefits going, those are great for you. I started this pot, this podcast because of cognitive issues. I figured what the hell. I'm going to talk about a bunch of shit that nobody gives a shit about. 
a lot of stuff that's stupid, ignorant, and people aren't going to agree with, but it's just the way my brain works at the moment, and whatever comes out, comes out, and <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> There's not much I can do, but it's done wonders for my cognitive issues, so I'm very happy I did it. Uh, some short-term strategies. Like, yeah. like using an organization technique, like list or post-it notes. Focus on doing one task at a time in a quiet, distraction-free space. Use time of day. Use the time of day you have the most energy for the most difficult tasks. Ask family and friends to speak more slowly to give you more time to process information. Practice deep breathing to reduce the stress and frustration of brain fog. In the long-term game plan, they have eat brain food, food packed with healthy fats and omega-3s like avocado, salmon, and walnuts. Take a walk or indulge in another form of exercise you love regularly. Learn something new to challenge your brain. I I'm a fat bastard at the moment, so taking exercise advice for me is probably worthless. But I truly believe with all these people that sit there and tell me, if you do this, this, and this, and eat this, and this, and this, you're going to live better with MS. And I look at them and I ask them, it's like, well, do you have cognitive issues? Yes. Do you have gait issues? Yes. Do you have pain issues? Yes. So basically, you're eating shit you don't want. It might be making your symptoms a little less, but it's not curing them. Uh, then you're working out, uh, let's say, five hours a week. During that workout, you're struggling, you're crin you're fighting to get through it, you're in pain doing it. You may feel better afterwards, but during the whole segment and everything, it can cause you extra stress, extra pain, extra issues, and then you got to think about it all day. You got to do it the next day, and you got to plan your whole week out and all that stuff. And... Uh, I personally think the best thing in the world is to keep walking. I want to get a good amount of, it's like right now I'm trying to get at least a couple hundred yards in a day of walking, but with walking and then doing some uh, yoga with it and then meditation I feel those three things are a happy medium for me. And then if I get some extra benefits of maybe some bicycling or some other stuff along the way, some cardiovasculars, get on the punching bag and beat the shit out of that for a while. It's like, I feel you should find physical things that you can do happily enough and enjoy. I mean, getting out for a walk 
if you have a pet, take it for a walk. I'd normally say if you got a dog, take it for a walk, but my cat goes for a walk with me. Mr. Lemmy Killmeister will walk right alongside me, hang out with me until he decides, eh, I'm going to go check out that tree line. <laughs> then the little prick disappears and leaves me hanging. But that's usually when I'll sit down wherever I'm at and I'll do some meditation, give him some time to wander around and come back to me. And if he does, great. If he doesn't, yeah, I'll meet him in the house. He'll come back eventually. But, uh, yeah, I, he's, he will, I miss our old farmhouse because that was just 80 acres of woods, rivers, hills, fields, all that stuff. So he'd have all kinds of stuff to look at, and he'd just hang with me the whole time. He'd very rarely go off on his own. And he'd just hang out with me, and we'd get a good walk in. I'd sit on a rock when need to and let him go play in the woods for a while. Then he'd come right back to me, and we'd go do the rest of the walk and work our way back to the house. I really miss that old farmhouse. (laughs) I really do. Now I'm living in my parents' basement taking care of my mom. And it's like, uh, fuck my life. <laughs> I miss just being a person. It's, it's, when you, you're on your own, it's completely different. And granted, if you have children, it might be more stressful and more annoying. But yeah, having your own place is a big thing. And then that farmhouse has just been sitting there for three years now. No one renting it, no one in it, and we'd still be there. We'd gladly still be there. They could still be collecting rent. They could have done a rent-to-own deal with me, and they would have been fine. But no. So, yeah, those are some cog fog things for you. Now, let's see, we got Yoga and MS. Uh, you can go on the MSAA, well, mymsaa.org backslash videos backslash yoga dash and dash MS backslash or just go on their site and search up yoga stuff. But uh, they have a video where you can do chair yoga. Uh, you can also, I don't know if they're the company, one of the multiple sclerosis companies, I got a free yoga video that has standing and sitting seated yoga combined in one segment and this gives you a good variety of workouts to learn and do. Uh, if you want to learn some different yoga things and you're stuck to wheel, if you're wheelchair bound and you can't do standing yoga, these are great for you. Uh, DP yoga that I promote and haven't done for shy. I do some moves almost every couple of days, but I'm not doing the full segmented routines which I miss because my body can't take it anymore my body's just too much pain with every cell in my body feeling like it's beaten with a 
baseball bat and stuff. You would think stretching out would loosen it, but uh, it fucking hurts. <laughs> right now, it's just a bad one. I know, I know my body. I know what I gotta do. That's why I'm focusing right now on doing the couple hundred yard walks. Hopefully, build those up because there's a couple upcoming uh conventions i'm going to and stuff and it takes a lot for me to walk through those so i know the one big one we're going to later on in the month is uh next month i mean will be probably the second time this year i've used my handicap placard because i will be parking in a handicap spot to save as much walking as possible so I can walk as much as I can inside the convention. Because uh, I'm not taking my walker with. I'm just going to take my cane. So I'll have to do some adaptations and see where it goes. But yeah, I want to keep doing it. But now, of course, we got three days of rain, snow, shit. Weather, got to sneak out in between stuff. Uh and do things and i'm doing things like my stair my i do push-ups on my stairs every time i go up the stairs i do at least 10 push-ups and i go up and down the stairs a lot throughout the day so it at least gives me some upper body workout and then i'm getting my lower body workout with the walk and do a little stretching here and there and things like that beat beat shed punching bag whatever but yeah Gradually building building the body up again to hopefully keep moving for a while yet. <laughs> but yeah, they check that out. They got a nice video and they also I think they are the one that I got the DVD from that time. I don't know if they still do those or not, but let's finish this with some things only someone with MS would understand. Don't know if I'll get through all these because they got 29 of them. Here you go. Let me cough and take a drink of water first. All right. Despite its name, you know that there is nothing romantic about the MS hug. No, she's a cruel one. She is one cruel. Yeah. Having foot drop and walking through a dog park can be a messy combination. Yeah, you could be dragging your foot through some shit. <laughs> I like that they have these little cartoons with each one of these. That's nice. Uh, you know the swank diet doesn't describe the food on a country club menu. No shit there. Anything that's in these specialty diets, you're not going to find at restaurants because everything's cooked with butters, oils, and stuff that you don't want in your system. But damn, they taste good. Uh, crowds and loud noise make you want to flee. Yeah, I am not a fan of crowds anymore, and noise can really mess with me. But, uh, yeah, it's... It can get stressful. It can set off spasms with me. Uh, it just it drives me insane that I can't handle that anymore because I used to be a person that set up parties and did parties and promoted things and 
worked with bands and was a bouncer. Uh, I set up different types of concert segments, uh, ran businesses where we'd have tons of people that we fed and uh, filled with drinks and stuff like that. (laughs) I just can't handle it anymore. It just sucks. Uh, MS makes you a logistics specialist. You immediately scout out the accessibility, parking, and potty situation of every new location. It's like, yes, everything I go into, as soon as I get there, I start thinking instantly. Okay, if I have, if my legs give out, if my body drops, if my bladder goes to shit, (laughs) whatever's going to happen, I want to look for it. And I also look at people. I'm like, okay, I, I take, okay, this person might have a gun. This person might stab me. <laughs> I think that way too nowadays. Because life's been so screwed up around <laughs> everything. We just can't get along. Rotating injection sites on your body is more important to you than rotating the tires on your car. Yeah, when I had to do my injections. And rotate them through my eight body points or whatever it was, seven body points. It's constantly rotating around. I was just thinking about that constantly. Who the heck rock climbs and windsurfs like the people in MS ads? I know. I, I, it really pisses me off because I don't think these people in these MS ads actually have MS. And it's bullshit because we should be getting the work. And if they are, fine. But if they don't, that's bullshit. It should be people that actually have these diseases that are promoting these drugs. And they should be getting the money because we're hurting for cash. We could do that. Why can't we get hired for those things? But yeah, I'm so sick of seeing someone. Oh, I just took this medication now. Woo, I'm going out and about. I'm partying with everybody. But yeah, fuck you. You ain't doing shit. (laughs) Yeah. you're more sitting at home dealing with the welt on your arm trying to figure out if it's going to go down or what the hell's happening. Or... Ah, it just frustrates me. You know why the basket under a roller collects as much junk as a purse? It's like, yeah, when you got a walker and stuff like that, it's like it becomes your purse. And it becomes your household carrier. Yeah. Reading material, electronics, uh, all anything you need with you, your medications and all your bladder issue stuff, everything you need. Uh, your body, your body decides to spasm the moment the needle pierces your skin. Yeah, your body can trip out at bad points in life, <laughs> bad times. Taking a shower can be more tiring than it was getting dirty. It's like I know many people, including myself, and you get done. You wake up in the morning, you take a shower, you all know, you fight to get in that shower. Once you get in the shower, you take a shower, and then all of a sudden you're ready to take a nap. Or you're falling down in the shower like I do sometimes. Uh, you wish everyone wore a name tag. Yeah, I facial recognition and name recognition, it's gone. I used to know everybody. Now I don't know shit. People I went to school with, people I was best friends with. 
They have one best friend. Him and his brother look exactly the same. Him and his older brother. His younger brother is going to probably look like him too eventually, but I haven't seen him in so long. But damn it. <laughs> I can't tell the difference between them, so I'm embarrassed to even go see him anymore because I don't know which one to say it is when I'm talking to him. <laughs> and when I run into him out in the wherever, I'm like, damn it. I'm confused. I don't know who this is. It's, uh, and they're both great guys, but <laughs> I have different things to say to each one. Uh, you know the difference between an MS meds flu-like side effects and the flu. Yep, there's, there's definitely a distinct difference. You don't just forget where to put your where you put your your keys, but also where you park the car. Yeah, I have to nowadays when I go like to the hospital or somewhere bigger, I have to write down where I parked the car to remember which side of the building to go out of, where to go, what level, and all that shit. Uh, you hope the test of touching your nose at and the doctor's finger has some medical relevance and isn't just a practical joke. <laughs> I still can't do it. <laughs> I used to be able... I can't. I try it slow, I try it fast. I, either way, I still miss my nose and his finger. <laughs> The retail squeeze, as your gate gets wider, the store's aisles appear to get narrower. Yeah, it's, there's some stores that were narrow to start with, and now they're even worse. Cutting one's toenails is no easy task. No, that can be a bitch. Fingernails, too, because they sometimes get super thin-feeling and sensitive. Uh, yeah. The chefs on TV should try preparing a meal from a seated position. Yeah, that would be nice. I keep trying, but I keep having problems with the stirring and the flipping. And I have to stand up anyways. This scooter is my lifetime. Not your ATV play thing, so get off it. Yeah, kids see a scooter, they want to play with it. It's easier to get a disabled parking placard than it is to find an empty disabled parking space. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> During a game of hide and seek, you're always the easiest to find. Yeah, because <laughs> we can't move and get anywhere. We're tipping and falling. Uh, I'm running out of time, so I guess I'll end it there. So be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Kick the shit out of the monster. Be friendly with everybody. Look at everybody the same. Quit looking at us as different. We're all humans. Just treat us like humans. And be humans together. Quit all the bullshit. Eh? We'll get back to you again tomorrow.